Welcome back to Finest Hours. Are you seriously doing the intro for your own episode? You had Skylar intro his. I did? Yeah. yeah oh, did. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Hayden. <laughs> Who introed your episode, dude? <laughs> oh, yeah. I always do the intros, though. That's like my yeah, thing you pass that it I off do. And Skylar intro his. Okay, Hayden, you sorry. don't get to intro your I'm own. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to Finest Hours, where we discuss the finest hours of the finest people that we can find on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best intro ever. Why do I do this? Wasn't sincere. But you are hired. Today, we've got a short episode coming to you about Harrison Ojegba O'Keen. So spelling bee, a, spelling bee, spelling bee, spelling bee. Yeah. Uh, that's a Nigerian name. So I don't, if I I don't it, th- my apologies. I don't think we can actually do a spelling bee with Ojegba because, yeah, we're not. Please use like, it this in isn't a sentence. Ojegba on out of here. This one is a more recent story because Harrison's finest hours occurred following a boat crash. What do you call a boat crash? A sinking <laughs> ship. A sinking ship <laughs> um, that occurred on May 26, 2013. Now, like I mentioned, Harrison, uh, he's a Nigerian. He was living near an oil field in Nigeria, and he was a cook for his profession. So he was actually working on a tugboat that was sent to help steady a Chevron oil tanker that was about 20 miles off the coast of Nigeria. And there were three other tugboats that were assisting the tanker. Now, Harrison, being a cook, he didn't have to be active all the time. And so while the crew members were helping assist the tugboat through rough waters, Harrison was actually on the john. And all of a sudden the ship starts to keel over. So he started having things hit him in the head while he's in this little tiny room. Stuff is flying all over the place. And the what was his first expression? That is a lovely question. Oh it was... shit. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> That's definitely would have been my reaction. <laughs> It was probably something along those lines. That's a good one. You're so ready to be a dad. (laughs) Hey, thank you. And so he's in this tiny cramped room. He's able to throw the door open and he hears um, his coworkers, his crewmates yelling and screaming and the ship flips over completely and water starts rushing in. So he has to jam himself up against this door and shove it open against rushing water as his ship is sinking eventually he stops hearing his compatriots screams and he assumes that they were able to get out of the boat and escape and so harrison then imagines himself being alone in the ship as he's navigating through rising waters and he's able to actually navigate his way through a hallway and into um, the engineer's quarters once he enters the engineer's quarters he's got 
between three and four feet of air that have formed that's formed a pocket that he can breathe in and he assumes that the water's going to keep rising but it actually stops so he's in the pitch black and the ship has finally come to rest against the seabed that's 30 meters deep he's able to survive and then his trouble becomes the freezing water so the freezing water begins sapping a lot of his energy but he's able to grab a mattress that ended up in the engineer's quarters and he's able to elevate most of his body out of the freezing water. And so his immediate problem of hypothermia ends up being solved that way. Some might call it a waterbed. <laughs> Dude, a you're doing really grave. good today. You're on one. Thank you. <laughs> so what I thought was interesting is that by definition, Harrison becomes an aquanaut um, because he becomes somebody that is able to live in a submerged dwelling for an extended period of time. While he's sitting in this air bubble, pondering life and pleading to God to save him, he begins hearing knocking on the boat's hull, and he knows that divers are coming to explore the wreckage. And so he's pretty pumped because he feels like this may be the opportunity for him to be saved. The divers, however, knew that this mission was to go and collect the corpses and return them to their families. They were certain that nobody would have survived this tragic event. So the divers are going through and they're looking for these corpses. And Harrison sees a light pass by the doorway to the engineer's room. So he hurries over there through the pitch black, ice cold water and is too late. The diver has passed and he's missed his opportunity to be Mm. rescued. But luckily for him, the diver makes a second pass, and so Harrison reaches out and brushes the diver across the back, on the back of his neck, and so the diver, it catches his attention, and he turns around, and there's actually footage of this moment. He sees this hand kind of floating in the water ominously, and so he is on the radio with a boat above him, and says, oh, a corpse, a corpse. And so this would have been the fifth corpse uh, that they were able to recover. So he reaches out to grab the corpse's hand, and Harrison then squeezes back. (laughs) And the diver starts cursing up a storm, and it scares him to death, (laughs) which I can only imagine being in that diver's flippers. (laughs) That was good, (laughs) yes. (laughs) And so he's, he's cursing up a storm. He sees Harrison, and so he pulls up into that air bubble, and it shows Harrison's face in this footage. He's been underwater for 60 hours in this tiny air pocket. He's running out of air, and you can tell that he, he's not all there. He's, he's been suffering greatly down there. He described his experience later, because believe it or not, when something like this happens, you become kind of famous for a little while. So a lot of news networks reach out to him, and he does a couple of interviews, and he says that he was extremely hungry, but the hardest thing was the thirst that he had to deal with, because the salt water, he said, stripped his tongue obviously very difficult things that he's dealing with during these 60 hours and the diver sees him and Harrison knows that, you know, he's got a fighting chance now and the diver is panicking. He's talking to the people, you know, back on the ship and they realize that they're changing their operation to a rescue mission. And so that does a complete 180 of what their goals were. 
And so they contact a specialist for diving diseases because with him spending so much time in a pressurized environment, his body absorbs lots of nitrogen. If he's able, if he ascends too quickly to the surface, he would end up with heart problems, possible cardiac arrest, and possible neurological problems. So the specialist tells them that they need to get him into a diving bell, which luckily they were able to get him one quickly. They are able to transfer Harrison using a diving helmet to a diving bell where he's able to decompress. During this process, it knocks him out, and then they're able to raise him up to the surface. Harrison ends up being the lone survivor. Ten of the eleven bodies were recovered, with one of his shipmates presumed dead. And to me, one of the craziest and saddest things of his story is that Harrison was unable to attend his co-workers' funerals due to accusations of black magic being the source of his survival. <laughs> Dude, so wild. Yeah, so crazy story. And I mean, it just continues to be crazy. He, after he returns home, he visits with a priest and the priest even asks him, you know, how did you survive? Was it black magic? And it's interesting. It was pretty dark down there. (laughs) It could have been. Absolutely. You know, I didn't see any, but... (laughs) And so, interestingly enough, he's able to survive this horrible horrible ordeal and during the time his 60 hours under the sea when he was pleading with god he vowed that he would never set foot on a boat again and so he kept that promise but he retained his profession as a cook but he always does it with solid ground under his feet great survival story all right so that's gonna wrap up this short story we hope you guys enjoyed our short stories let us know what you think about this and and maybe we'll consider doing a few more to get some more episodes out there to uh to keep our listeners entertained during this time of quarantine so we'll catch you guys in the next one stay safe out there oh and before before i go i always got to plug our social media be sure to follow us on uh finest hours podcast on instagram and if you would like to connect with us maybe tell us who you would like us to do an episode on in the near future you can reach out to us at finest hours pod at gmail.com oh yes Thank you.